You took the jam out of your donut. You took the fucking jam out of my donut, Tommy. You did. Woo! That's heavy. I better use my strong hand. Keep your hands to yourself. Ooh, baby, 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 why you won't take this away? You know I'm still your lover boy. I still feel the same. Welcome to Test Eastside episode 172, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof Kelvin. Back to winning ways. We are back. We lost four in a row, but we're back, Prof. We won one. <laughs> so we are gonna. Trying to continue on that trend. Of course, Ocean Electrical are fantastic sponsors. As usual, check them out. Google them. Do it all. And they sponsored the club now, at least. The, the Waterford game on Friday they sponsored. Listen, once again, the club is hijacking everything that we do. I mean, look at all the partners we have. Then they started getting partners. Now they want their sponsors as well. The club can get out of the club. Are they going to come out to the socks now as well? They are. They did come out on the, after the socks, yeah. Sock Wars. Uh, and of course, we have Lancer Credit. Because... They got you back. Apparently they're trying to trademark that now as well. Going to have another battle on our hands. Quite the litigious types we're dealing with, Prof. Should we come up with a catchphrase for Ocean Electrical as well? I feel like they're being left out with the catchphrase area. Mm, we'll think of something, yeah. Mm. Think of something. Right, so we're going to talk about how we got back to winning ways against Waterford last week. Look ahead to our trip to Sligo on Saturday and there's another edition of the Tifties Hotline. And of course, it uh, provides there's a bit of comedy. There's a bit of a comedy factor this week. It's a bit of crack. In terms of our famed small talk era, what did you want to talk about this week? Alarms? Oh God, alarms. As we, were, in, we were just randomly talking to each other about this, about how... Because you left me a voice message. It was like three seconds long. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was just along the lines of, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's great. The next thing I just hear in the background... Do, 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 do. <laughs> and it I, just cuts off. If I didn't have alarms, I, I would <laughs> fall apart. I'd fall to pieces. But I just burst out laughing because you had the homecoming alarm. I, I had that for a long time as well and I had to change it because I was starting to hear it in my sleep. If we're going to talk about alarms as well, right? For like the whole summer, there was an alarm going off. No, I was on nights. There's an alarm going off at 10 in the morning, right? So that's the kids are gone, she's gone, everyone's gone. I'm lying and thinking, lovely. And it goes off at 10 every morning. I'm thinking, where are the fuckers who live in this house? So I'm outside like a head case and I'm, you, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm trying to find the house by listening. So all you can see is me in shorts, rover's top, <laughs> and I'm going around, creeping around, trying to think which direction do I walk in to find this house? So I found out it was over a wall. So I had to go around the long way. It took me weeks. It took me three or four weeks to find this house. It turns out that uh, the, uh, every morning, I think they were leaving the wrong window open or something like that, and the alarm was going off, going off every single morning. I had to inform them. <laughs> Please close your windows or sort your alarm out. That was your project for three weeks. Yeah, every morning. Every morning. It was driving me insane. I'm the same though. I said five or six alarms. I'm useless. I really am. Short term memory is terrible. I, I got I gotta have them. I think a lot of people are the same though, isn't it? But you've got manly alarms, have you? Well, it just beeps. <laughs> just I just got sick of that honking on you. 
But Prof will talk about Trev Malloy as well. He was brilliant and a very, very entertaining interview. Very entertaining. He could talk and you could tell he likes a bit of the attention. You could tell he's a bit of an attention horror, but very, very good. Very interesting. Cheeky fella. Yeah. Very he comes cheeky, across. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought that was a really good interview, actually. Did he say he was going to cover up his medal or cover up his tattoo? I think he did, yeah. Which partly inspired the theme for this week's show. Yeah. Uh, the Tippity's Hotline. A couple of the questions that relate to tattoos. And um, also last week, I hadn't seen it before we recorded, but the, the Tifty's Away Days video went up mm-hmm. shortly after the podcast and it was fantastic. Except for the fact that for some reason, the only person whose face is visible in this minute and a half video is me. You've been outed. You were caught, you were caught behind the Enough is Enough banner. All these, you've been undermining the club for a long time now. It's about time you, you've been uh, un- of uncovered. Of all people. <laughs> I know, I was actually laughing when I saw it. When I saw the final edit, I was like, I'm leaving this. He's going to go mad. <laughs> I loved it. Well, the whole thing was like, uh, what's that, like old VHS style? Ver- Philly Maguire's, that was his idea. And yeah. I'd been saying it to him. I said, listen, I've always wanted to have this away days thing. And it wasn't incriminating. I didn't tell anybody we were doing it, but I made sure that nobody was featured who didn't want to be featured. Except me. Because away, t- away days are away days. But it wanted to give people another little feel of what it was like to get back. It was a little small video. But uh, Philly Maguire is the genius behind it. My partner in crime. You have a videographer profile. It's going to be video wars soon enough. You and Kane, me, and Philly Maguire, tag team champions. We'll uh, just pit them uh, fight to the death while we're just sitting back with no no consequences no, for us. Just like, watching it. Yeah. The stuff yeah. at the end, though, the way it was in the dark, and because of that format, it looked like grainy UFO footage from oh, the 90s. It did, like Roswell. It was really <laughs> cool, wasn't it? Really big shout out to Philly again. And keep your eye out as well because we are plenty, plenty of plans coming up. We. Uh, we're going to take over, Prof. We're really looking forward to a couple of projects we have under our belt. But the club, Prof, they won the auction for Stevie Linex's 1978 FAI Cup final medal. So that's probably going to sit proudly in the Heritage Trust now, hopefully in the shop on display. I think it's there right now, actually. I saw a picture of it. Um, it costs us a little over €500. Euro. Great bit of history there. Yeah, so fantastic to win that one. And a potential interview there, although apparently it wasn't Steve himself who put that up for sale. So I thought that might be a little way to contact him, but uh, it wasn't him. So, if anyone else has any ideas how to contact him, so his medal was being sold without his consent, pretty much. I wonder how that got around. I don't know how that person ended up with the medal. Yeah, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? And we've turned it on Twitter. Prof, he said to us, uh, "Actually, can't wait for the taste in the East End next week with Gary's impression of Bergham, especially after watching the free that was given and Storm in the tunnel coming back out clapping after the roars <laughs> when it went in." Right. Am I the only one, right? When we scored this, right? And we're all, I think we were, I don't know what we were, we were singing. It was like, Rovers, right? He was clapping. He was clapping along with the fans after we scored. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at Bertram and we're going, Rovers. And he's clapping exactly the same way. He was joining, it was like he was joining in sarcastically. I'm not sure, but he was, he really, really did look like it. And I was watching him going, look at him. He's giving it and his arms are going up and all. He's taking the piss. <laughs> I was watching him closely in the first half because uh, <laughs> I just kept watching him argue with the fourth official. He had about four rows of him in the first ten minutes. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Because every time I just watched him, I just imagined your accent. <laughs> it made me laugh. But no, I actually missed him clapping and all that. So 
Um, but Gary, you called it. Like, Tell the you? people, Prof. I have, to, I have to give you your dues here. A few days before the game, you just said you had a feeling that this would be a night where we would win and Burcham would just end up furious with the officials and just be gone mad at them. <laughs> You couldn't have called any more spot on. <laughs> I just had a feeling he something's gonna happen. Harvey's the ref, Bertram is the opposite gaffer, and so something is just it's bound to happen, and it'll give them an excuse. But um, yeah, so we'll move on, Prof. And the club, the club troop, and all hashtag football loves this video from 2017 with a Gavin Bazunu cameo, and this guy is taking the goalkeeping world by storm. Um, I saw a compilation of saves he made. I think after his Ireland exploits, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck me! Did you see those saves? Do you, Do you know, know what I found out as well? Or notice he's brilliant with his feet. Like not, he's not utilizing yeah. his. A lot of keepers don't utilize their feet. He's brilliant at saving with his feet. Two of them were like reflex saves with his feet, and they were probably the best two. I yeah. thought they were unreal, unbelievable, wasn't he? You see the one where he, he's he's so long. He's like the ones where he tips the ball away are always yeah. beautiful. The way he makes himself big is just, it's class. And before I'd seen that compilation, you sent it to me on Twitter. Um, I was reading Brazder saying that that performance is up there. He thinks, but the all-time great Irish goalkeeping performances. And when you read that, you're thinking, hmm, could that be overstating it? But Hashtag better than Bonner. But when you watched back that game, in terms of like a goalkeeper making that many big saves in one match... I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, what did he say afterwards? I was busy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, his, his dad Green was on TV a lot during that Serbia game as well. The camera was cutting to him quite a lot. Apparently, and wait till you hear this, I got the feedback from Green's debut for the Postal team and he was sending people for newspapers. He was doing what Gavin does. He was skinning players. They put <laughs> him in goal. They won their first game. So they won 3-2. Green Bazunu made his debut. And he was skinning strikers and pinging balls <laughs> out left and right. That's where he gets it from, is it? <coughs> he didn't lick it off a stone. But uh, the stats that came out as well, the, the, from the three games that he played in, he saved 18 shots from 22 on target. That's outrageous. That's a serious stat. Yeah. And as you said, the club uh, retweeted that all the football loves this video from four years ago. Why didn't they retweet everyone? Remember? All, yeah. we did, all we did was smash a window. Yeah, do you remember that? Jesus. Um, do you remember, uh, what was it? Staff's cousin and his XG stats as well. I have to give him a shout out that he loves those XG stats. Have you noticed that what they are? People will probably think I'm into that, but that's I'd, I'd not, say you hate them. It's not actually the sort of stats I, I yeah. enjoy. But uh, yeah, so the follow from Daily Mail Prof a couple of weeks ago, the circus that was the cup loss, and I know we did lose in the cup, we could take it down on the chin we weren't the better team of the day Bowles deserved it but you can't run your club like that or your match day hospitality and once again things get swept under the under the rug and Bowles showed their, showed their, their true form in, in Finn Harps as well with a player down with a head injury and they're abusing him and mocking him but it's, it's something I, I'm hoping something is done over because there's lines there's lines you don't cross do you know what I mean well, this is a long quote, so uh, buckle in for this one. Right, so Stephen Bradley said, I think the whole setup around the game was disgraceful. I know it's in front of the league at the moment. Fans have a right to be passionate, but do they have a right to throw something at someone? No. But do they have a right to be passionate and support their club? Yes, I totally understand that when people are there to control them and they're the ones that 
some of the stuff that went on was really really poor and then he continues on it says it needs to be dealt with from the league it's not acceptable from stewards and event organizers it's not right bradley went as far as accusing two stewards of spitting at him and even starting fights with players he added we actually had stewards starting fights with our players who were sitting in the dugout only for the fourth official it was actually incredible we had two stewards spitting at me that's not right that's not football that's not fans if you did that on the street you'd be in trouble i understand fans i totally get that rivalry i get that but when you have some people who are supposed to be controlling crowds and they're the ones causing it that is not right the league need to take the league needs to take a stance it's not acceptable bradley continues his tirade, he said, it's in front of the league at the moment. It was really, really poor. When the allegations were put to Bose, a spokesperson said, two weeks on, this is the first we've heard of these basis allegations. Instead of showing the same grace that would have been afforded to his club and the club had been, and the result had been reversed. We have someone intent, we have someone intent to instead deflect from the behaviour of his own players. So, um, he continues on again. Bradley was unhappy about how Manju's dismissal came about. The boss said, it's actually the event controller who speaks to the match assessor who gets Danny suspended. And it's incredible when you see what went on regarding staff and our staff. And yet an event controller can speak to the match assessor and get one of our players sent off and banned. That's the tip of the iceberg. There was so much that went on. It's not good enough just to slap people on the wrist. Prof, you're going to take over now because I'm about to drop dead here. <laughs> yeah, and regarding Danny, he says, I've no issues with Danny whatsoever. When I was speaking to Danny last year... You hear so many stories, he's this, he's that, he won't do this. But he's actually one of the most professional players I've ever worked with. He comes in, he wants to work hard, he wants to learn. Just gets on with his business and he's maturing every week. Should he have thrown the chewing gum back? Doesn't say stone. No, of course not. But like I said, there was a lot more that happened that day. And uh, as you you said, Garb, uh, Bowes made a statement rejecting the claims to call them baseless. And uh, by the way, Neil O'Riordan uh, wrote the article. He writes, he's the jibbo who writes for the rag, isn't he? And he went to Bowes for a, sta- for a statement. And the Bowes spokesperson is O'Riordan's brother. Oh, yeah, that's handy. <laughs> that's handy, isn't it? But uh, there you go, yeah. And uh, the statement also made reference to the fact that Brazzer had taken two weeks to voice the complaints. And if you look online, fans were saying the same thing a lot of the time. Like, why is, why is he only saying it now? Why two weeks later? Well, because it was a post-match uh, media event or a post-match press briefing, maybe right after the game on uh, Friday, where he's asked the question. So he's not just suddenly making a statement two weeks later. And in fact, if he had, if he had said all this right after the game, then you might have said, yeah, sour grapes. Or he's deflecting. Yeah, I think they just got their shit together, put in a complaint, and probably got word that, okay, there's something to this, the the wheels are moving on it, and mm. then he decided to, to comment on it. But uh, yeah, November 12th, we're back there again. Uh, should be interesting to say the least. I wonder how many tickets we get for that. <sighs> well, the, the country will have opened up by then, won't it? But that's well, well after we the October we? 22nd <laughs> date. But as, as uh, was pointed out to us, Balls let club volunteers act as security, whereas we don't do that. Oh, we have a very professional alpha who run our security, our match day security, and they were fan- they are fantastic. Mm. Um, just it just shows you. Uh, I don't really know how to get into this and in deep into it, but I've spoken to a couple of Bowls fans who are who are died in the wall for years, and one in particular, right, one that really really struck me, right. 
was that Joanna Jaden's pals is a Bowls fan. Great little kid. I actually chat to him a lot about football when we're watching Jaden. So he come down and watch Jaden play a little bit older than him. And we chat about League of Ireland. He knows the league. He really does. So it's refreshing to have a chat with him. And I said to him, so how many games have we gotten in this year? He goes, no, none. Zero. Can't get tickets. On the same hand, you have Gary Deegan getting into games. You have ex-players all getting into games. You have all these board members. I'm doing bunny years here. And people who are getting into it. And he's a, he's a fan with his dad for all his life. And season ticket holder all his life with the, with the father. And they haven't been to one game yet. But you have all the crew and the cronies who are getting into every single game. That's a disgrace. A disgrace. And this kid is dying to get to a game. And he says, I can't get tickets. Oh, we sold out. That's absolute bullshit. Once again, the cronies and the crew who are looking after bows are all looking after themselves. It's a joke. The club is ran like a fucking circus. Haven't they been doing it like in alphabetical order or something, members and season ticket holders, so that people who only joined up recently theoretically could get ahead of yeah. people who, yeah. like you just described there? Unpaid interns in Fisborough, poor boxes in shops and local local shops in, 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 in Fisborough. What is that about? Support your local club with a poor box. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing in my in my opinion anyway. But we'll move on, bro. We'll move on. But it's a very, very interesting statement. Very, very in-depth, deep statement. And I can't wait to see the, the outcome. But yes, prof, it's uh, it's time for the Tifty's hotline. And the questions were as follows. Do you have any tattoos? We'll Just, answer them as we go along. Yeah, I'll answer more. I'll answer yeah. prof's, prof's getting a tattoo next. We're doing a Tifty's tattoo show soon. Everybody's getting Tifty's tattoos. Well, I don't have a tattoo, so I can skip this question. So do you have any tattoos? Describe what it looks like and why. And tell us where you got it and why. And is there a story behind it? Also, do you plan to get any more done with me, prof? Yes, we got one during the crew tattoo party podcast. Barely fell asleep. He was so drunk. And we tattooed him. Uh, we got that yeah it was just I think Mooner one of our lads who was on the show he organised it for us so one of his in-laws is a tattoo artist and it was great crack cans and crack in the tattoo the tattoo place and it just felt right it just felt right and it's a badge of honour as well you know I, I always wear a short so I got it on my right calf and you'd be rocking around and it's a conversation starter as well someone might just say for fuck's sake what's that in your leg and then there'd be another there'd be another <laughs> fan of a different club and you're chatting about football you know Um but it can be a red rag to a bull as well sometimes, you know, you, it can pop up for the wrong reason. But next, the Tifty's tattoo has to be next, the bag of cans. I'll get that on the left leg and that'll uh, prompt the, the tattoo party then. So we'll have another tattoo podcast. People can get Rovers ones, but personally for me, it's going to be a Tifty's one. Uh, have you seen the Rovers tattoos and other fans that you really like or ones that are memorable uh, Bradley Aaron Green Connor flag who do you predict will be the next person linked with the image of a gaffer or a player I'll go first prof um, the usual like everybody said already um, Peter Walker's covered in them Rob Lavelle's is brilliant the twig one really Peter, really Peter's nice. one the, the skull and bones is deadly yeah yeah I think stuff like that the different ones um, I like uh, who else Who ha- I think Ed Saul has one uh a fellow called Collie Marr, actually, I think I think that's his name. He has an ultras one on his chest, the ultras, the ultras logo, which is very cool. Um, mm. I like all those, but next, Jesus, next, I'd like to, I'd like to get a twenty, something got to do with winning twenty leagues. I think that'd be very cool if we could get twenty mm. leagues. That's worth a tattoo. Do you think anyone else would get a Bradzer one? Hard to see that. I wonder what player like you could turn that one into a yeti maybe if Brad's Glennon <laughs> needs to get that one covered up. A couple of people have have uh, Gary Twig, I think Sean Cook and Rob Lavelle, I think yeah. yes. Um Greener with the corner flag that gets mentioned. But oh uh, Wacker has has Derek Tracy. 
Yeah. Wacker also has the Celtic huddle on his back, which can relate to Rovers as well. Yeah. Uh, I quite like Paul O'Brien's one, actually. It's the, the Milltown and the Dublin 24 road sign. Oh, I've seen that. That's on the together. side of the wall of the shop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen That's that. That's on his arm. That's too. pretty cool. Jason McLean, obviously, has loads of tattoos. He's got SRFC in his knuckles and his inner lip. Uh, Mark Turner, believe it or not, has a small SRFC SRFC tattoo the top of his back which he says he forgot about <laughs> it's not somewhere you kind of look at <laughs> yeah. a lot is it and a shamrock actually <laughs> not that he just forgot about it and of course our own Danny has a tattoo guard which he kissed after he scored uh, I didn't know some kissing that last Friday but he did the, what was the past games it's two hands together yeah. and Tifty's underneath he kisses it when he scores <laughs> yeah that's it so on to question Yeah, so three. this week at the 10th anniversary of Rovers playing the Europa League group stages, how many of the three trips did you do? Kazan, Weihart Lane, Thessalonica, and where you, uh, what were the highlights on that pitch? I didn't do any of these because I was in the grips of mid-twenties midlife crisis with kids and a mortgage <laughs> and I was uh, didn't know what I was doing. I didn't get to any of them. Um, yeah, I just did Weihart Lane. Those three... Uh, didn't really know many Rovers fans at the time, so I don't have any stories like meeting up and the Seven Sisters and all, all that stuff. Uh, so, my obviously the standout moment is the goal. Just the most extraordinary moment of, of any live game I've been at when that goal goes in. Just hard to even put it into words. 4,000 Rovers fans, just carnage. Bedlam. Bedlam. Absolute bedlam. That 10 minutes was just... It was glorious. Um, number four, Prof. What's your favourite ever Rovers jersey? I love the purple and black one with the seat on the front. I think that is a cracker. Yep. Love Isn't it. that such a nice jersey? And the home shirt that year as well. Yeah. It was excellent. Um, did a really, really nice one. It would have been 2008 or 2009. Always reminds me of Tyg Porcel. It's black. It's got woodies on it. It's mm-hmm. got green under the arms. That was a really, really nice one. Uh, one of my favourite ones was the white one. With the green collar, and I had Ooh. a really, really cool crest. Always reminds me of Finner. I had a bit of gold on the crest. The crest was standout. That was the tattoo I wanted originally. We didn't actually have time for it in the end because we were too pissed. But it was really, really nice. Bit of gold on it. It was stunning. I think it might have been a Satanta Cup jersey. A white one with a green collar. Gorgeous. Really, really nice. Smart. Oh, yeah. Really smart. I have it upstairs. I have it in my locker and work. I know what you mean. Yeah. I go jogging in it. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I I like those choices. The two 2012 ones were excellent. Uh, last year's one without the JD Sports Very is smart, a cracker. Yeah. I have it upstairs. I refuse to wear it until I go to Europe away. Yes. So still unworn. The New Balance ones um, weren't great. The Pepper ones weren't great. They were terrible. Pepper 2018, hands down, worst jersey in my, Remember life, the one with the my kind of, lifetime. The kind of weird hoops. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, there was some real, real stinkers. But the Whirlpool ones... And all the old school. I think the one that we donated to Bill's, the Tifty's Tavern, Bill Gleason built the mm-hmm. shed out his back bar, called it the Tifty's Tavern. So we gifted him a old school Adidas original sign, not the, not the other Adidas sign, the original sign on it. Mm-hmm. And that was from the 88 season and that one was a cracker. Long sleeve, smart, nice collar. Really, really cool jersey. I think, the, imagine we got Adidas back. Oh my <laughs> God. Also hated the gold shirt from I think 2014. That was awful. Yeah. Awful, so awful. I gave it to Guido and sent it to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mate. That's new. 
fucking awful thing. Uh, so that's the favourite. So weigh in on the debate. Should it have been a free kick penalty or nothing given against the Waterford for the handball instance? Uh, I think it might have been harsh because the, the, his body shape and the way he slides in, he puts his hands up. But what, like it is, it's a handball ultimately. Like it is handball. Yeah, Graham Garland points out in commentary. Why is the referee signalling? You put your hand hand above your head. Yeah. He, he didn't do that. He was brilliant once again. He slid in, and it's hit him from two yards out. Yeah. Uh, like I, I watched it loads of times. I understand Robert's fans saying it's a handball, but I, I'm saying no. It's uh, mm. from that close range. And then you've Gaffney running in front as well, which possibly is also very obstruction. hard. Also very hard to tell if it's in the box. No, it's nowhere near in the box. It's definitely not. But I think as... Some people with a good view of it actually I'm, felt it was inside the box. I'm leaning towards not being a free, but obviously we benefited from it. But you could say it's harsh. Like, it possibly is because he did well to get down. And there's been some stinking decisions this week all around. Like the ball's, yeah. the ball's goal. I'm on the fence about that. It's just offside. Possibly the one that Promise scored up there in Finn Harps is low. We'll talk about that in a while. But yeah, no, I would say... I'll say ugh, I'm sitting on the fence for this one, Prof. Normally, I'm, I'm uh, really opinionated with this Get one. Get off that I'm, fence. I'm sitting on it. I'm sitting on it. Um, so, and my my impression, Prof. Mark Bertram podcast. So we're gonna we have people doing a cockney attempts of Bertram, and they were gonna say the following: is, "Who the fucking hell is that, ref?" With "Are you fucking making me off?" And "Oh, are you fucking Miss Price?" And hey, "That's fucking I'm born Phil Mitchell." And "Wibbly wobbly." <laughs> so that is. We've uh, we've a couple of people. Is uh, we actually caught up with Mark Bedroom actually just after that. Actually got a real interview and he goes uh, he goes, Where's me old fucking trying to play here? That ref's a fucking mug. And fucking ball and fucking ball fucking Bradley's paying you bees and honey, you can Fucking must be a baker's dozen. Fucking can Wibbly wobbly <laughs> You've actually exaggerated even more. <laughs> Which I didn't think possible. was possible. But. Like I said, I was, I was actually saying the prop beforehand. I said, like I was doing mouth exercises. So you're going red leather, <laughs> yellow leather, red, and you open your mouth really wide so you can exaggerate it. Well, there's a good attempt by uh, by Peter Walker coming up. I think what happens was uh, that that's lit a fire under Gar. Yeah. Even go more over Peter, the top. Peter Walker literally <laughs> says nothing. We give him, and I can imagine he's like the. Bitter Londoner sitting in the corner full of whiskey. Wait till you hear this, and he's just fucking ranting. It's brilliant. Peter Walker wins it for me. Yeah, so we have uh, ten or possibly nine people doing this. I'm not sure how many sent in uh, as we record this, but uh, so there's a prize on offer. The person who get, does the best impression wins a fifty euro Shamrock Growers voucher. I know we've we've bigged up Peter Walker there already, but we'll get we we'll make our official decision at the end. Oh, yeah. So our first five callers, Prof. Here they are. Hotline. How are you, lads? It's James Cook here. Just bringing the Tifties hotline from the plushy confines of the Glenmore Inn. Um, tattoos. I have four of them. Large portrait of Lauren Hardy on my back. Rover's Crest on one arm. Celtic Cross on the other. And... A Celtic design on the back of my leg with me wife and three kids' names. Um, plan to get more, definitely one more on the back of the leg. Uh, not quite sure what it'll be, possibly maybe something like an Easter Lily, something like that. 
Um, as regards other fans with tattoos, uh, I have to mention my son Sean. He's a, a few cracking rovers, full of tattoos, but a few cracking rovers tattoos. Um, recently got uh, a portrait of Twiggy on his leg, which is excellent looking. And um, I say in the future, uh, I think he's planning on getting the portrait of Roycer, the iconic one from White Hart Lane. Um, so yeah, he's some crackers. Can't see anybody getting, uh, unfortunately, another Bradshaw one um, anytime soon. I, I think it's a bit, of a, a bit of a gamble, isn't it? But anyhow, uh, 2011 uh, European League trips. Uh, yeah, went to White Hart Lane. And I also went to Kassan, two completely different trips for various reasons. Um, highlights on the pitch had to be Royce's goal, really, didn't it? Um you know, just to, to be behind that goal and to see Rovers score against Spurs, you know, in a in a European game, White Hart Lane, it didn't get any burden that it was short lived, but look, it was brilliant. We'd all bring it to the grave with us. Uh, highlights off the pitch, well, look at again that it was an amazing trip to White Hart Lane, and everybody gathered in uh, in Camden Town that day, and it was just or Covent Garden, I should say, sorry, and. Uh, Brilliant, brilliant crack. Uh, Kassan was obviously, a, that was a brilliant trip as well. Obviously, there wasn't quite as many as White Hart Lane, but uh, we had good crack over there, and even though it was Baltic. But anyhow, brilliant, brilliant trips. Uh, Favourite Rovers jersey? Um, I'm going to say one of the yellow and green ones, actually, from the RDS days. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Powers was the, the sponsor on it. Um, yeah, cracker. Uh, probably one of the ones I sort of wasn't crazy about was the home one from uh, I don't know it's probably about three years ago I'd say it is uh, it's sort of the hoops were split on it and I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to the hoops I just think leave them alone you know um, so I wasn't crazy about that um, yeah so uh, the handball instance versus Waterford, I'm going to be completely honest, uh, I, I actually didn't see it. I was catching up with Jamie McLean. We hadn't seen each other in a while and we were, were like two well ones yapping throughout the game. Now obviously you saw the goals, but there was a few little things that we didn't see, that being one of them. Um, right, Mark Borcham. Uh, Jesus, how do I even go about doing this and trying to uh, do an impersonation of him? And uh, I don't think I'll get anywhere near Gary's uh, in, impersonation of, of him. But anyhow, here it goes. What the fucking hell was that, ref? Are you fucking mugging me off? Open your fucking mince pies. If that's handball, then I'm fucking Phil Mitchell. Wibbly wobbly. Nice one, lads. Thanks for the shout-out. Good luck. Take, keep on hooping. My name's Ross Somerville. Uh, we've got two Rover statues. Uh, one of the crest and one of Aaron Green holding up the corner flag. I got the crest because at the time I wanted a tattoo and I've seen the same crest on a lot of people around the stadium. So I just asked a few people where they got it done. They said a fella called Steve Murdoch in town. So I got in touch with him and he sorted that. Then the Aaron Green one, I got done. I made a bet with Greener after the league 2019, just before we won the cup. I told him if we win the cup, I get the tattoo of him, and we did. So, uh, seen a good few Rovers tattoos on fans. Most of them me in the crest. The ones that like that stand out are the ones saying like "fuck the bows" or Glennon's tattoo of Bradley. 
Barney's tattoo of the fella in the green CP. Uh, it says the Larry's. Then I've seen one before. It was a knuckle duster with S or FC in the ring house. Um, didn't get to go to any of the European away games. So uh, when I get the chance, I'll definitely be going. Favourite Rovers jersey is probably the black and purple away kit or the black and illuminous away kit. But this year's kit is a... Sorry, this year's third kit, cracking kit as well. The jersey that I don't like at all, definitely that gold away jersey. I think it was in 2016. And uh, actually, look, he handballed it, didn't he? So it's a free kick. No point in them crying over it now. What the fucking hell was that ref? Are you fucking mugging me off? Open your fucking mince paws. If that's a ham fucking ball, then I'm Phil Mitchell. Wibbly wobbly. Hi, Sean McNulty here. Uh, yeah, I have a few tattoos. And I have the Rovers crest. I also have the Glenmore flag on my arm. The story behind that, it's in memory of John Conroy, one of the lads who died in 2003. Yeah, I've seen plenty of other tattoos on lads. I have to say, the Darren Glennon one is nice on his arm. I've seen plenty more. Pat O'Till with Tracy on his leg. Lovely tattoo. Plenty of tattoos around that I like. As regards who's going to get the next one, I've no idea. I can't see it happening for a, a while. Uh, Poy Hart Lane was the only, was the only away one I'd done. I have to say, the highlights was definitely the goal and the crack of the 12 pins before and after the game. Good crack. The penal, or the free kick, sorry, a bit harsh, I thought myself, but that's football, and you get on with it. End of. As for your English sayings, well, we'll give this a go. What the fucking hell was that, ref? Are you fucking mugging me off? Open your fucking mince pies. Is that... Is that... If that's fucking handball, then I'm Phil Mitchell. Wibbly wobbly. Well, I hope that can help, lads. Bit of crack. Take care. K-O-H-F-T-B. Sorry, lads, I forgot. Uh, the Whirlpool jersey, 92-93. I have to say it was a quality one. But the Pepper, the Pepper Money one, 2018, was absolutely rank. No, not, it wasn't a decent top. Cheers. Morning, lads. Keith Comfort. Um, I have a Rovers crest on my calf. It was 16 when I got it. Average of the 2011 season, I think. In my second year sporting Rovers. When I came home with it, my ma wasn't too happy. Um, I really like the Aaron Green corner flag tattoo on Ross Somerville. A great night, and I think it's just brilliant. I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal. If uh, Bradley ever does the double, I'll consider getting the League Cup and possibly Bradley tattooed. 2011 European campaign, I only went to this Boers game in White Hart Lane. I was 17, two weeks before we played them. And I was too young to go on Craig Wade's supporters bus. So I remember I went home, Rovers were playing in Tallaght that night. And I went home and I begged my mum. She said no. So I begged her again for about a week. About 
about a week and she eventually gave in. She ended up taking responsibility for five of us going on the supporters bus. Um, of course, anyone on that trip knows how memorable that trip was. Since I've been supporting Rovers in 2010, my favourite Rovers jersey personally is the 2020 home jersey with, without the JD sponsor. Um, the worst one I've seen them wear since I've supported them is the, probably the 2016 away short, the black with gold lines through it. Um, bear in mind, I've, I still bought it. I thought the incident in the Waterford game was soft, to be honest, but if the ref believed it was a handball, then I think he should have given the penalty. Thankfully, I'm not a referee, though. Should have heard the lads on a Saturday morning walking Sound Park. Uh, unfortunately, you just won't be getting a Cockney accent out with me this morning, lads. Try me Saturday when I'm halfway down to Sligo. Although, I'll be asking Tommy Kelly to do one as well. Good evening. My name is Peter Walker, Pete the Barber, or Peter Hoop. Um, I've six Rovers tattoos. Um, I've the Rovers crest on my chest, right at my heart, where it belongs. Um, I've also got a ultra, the ultra's fist on my arm, just a little small one. I have the old crest on the, on the side of my arm um, with uh, pride in our past, faith in our future. Uh, the ones on my legs, I've got, um, let's say, the Celtic cross with uh, draped in the Rovers green and white scarf. Uh, on the other leg, I have the skull with a green and white scarf wrapped around his head. Um, doing the rocker sign. And these black uh, fingerless gloves with SRFC and we'll never die. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about other people's tattoos, I love them. I said, Jesus, I'd love to get, you know, some of the other lads' tattoos are fucking sensational, they're really, really good, magnificent to look at. But I couldn't copy somebody else's tattoo as much as I'd love to. Uh, just rather get something that's me own. Uh, I will get more, yeah, most definitely. But what? I don't know, yeah. And I think my nephews are the next to get a tattoo. Definitely next to get a tattoo. Because uh, Ross, Nato, the two of them, they need to get tattoos. They have divergence when it comes to, and uh, yeah, they're next to get a tattoo. So now, uh, regarding the uh, trips, I have never been away on an hour's trip away, believe it or believe it not, all the years I'm following them. Um, and I really thought I'd get to um, the Tottenham game, but my fucking passport was out of date. And you know what? It's fucking out of date today as well. So ten years and ten years ago, you reminded me now. Have to get me my passport uh, renewed. Um, uh, the free kick, fuck's sake! It was a free kick. Man blocked the ball. Thought it was his arm. So no, there's no debate. That was it. 
and we got and we scored from it. So that's the end of that argument. Free kick, goal, get in there. Now our mate, our mate wasn't uh, very happy with it, Mister Bertram. Well, fuck it, uh, tough. Um, my favourite jersey. Oh, I love the old Whirlpool. Back in the day, eight, 93, was it 93, 94? The green collar, the Whirlpool. And my dad still wears a collar around. You'll see him walking down Bangor Road in Crumlin with uh, with his Rover shorts and his Rover's top. And yep, the old Whirlpool is still going strong. In immaculate condition, I have to say. Immaculate. So yeah, that would be my, fa- my favourite jersey. I also love the old there. Uh, just playing green and white with a V-neck. Beautiful. Yeah. Like the, like the one we brought out a couple of years ago. It was a retro. I still have that with Queensworth on it. I love that one. Yeah, the worst jersey I've ever seen was that gold one that we brought out from NB. New Balance. Jesus, that was horrible. Dort. That's about it. Apart, apart from uh, uh, this prick, this Mr. Bertram, all right, my son, you fucking numpty, you, you can't, you fucking wanker of a referee, you fucking dirty bastard. Uh, you manned us off, you can't. Shamrock's for a better team, mate, better team. But, hey, fucking, fuck me sideways with a donkey jacket on. Yours are just boiling piss, and that ref, he fucking took the piss. You're like yourself, fucking jelly deals. Millwall, Millwall. Fuck it. Rowley, Pony, Puddy. Pearly Queen, Pearly Queens and Kings. Denny Dyer, and who are my son? Love it. Super Hoops, keep on helping. Some interesting ones there, Prof. Some interesting. I think Keith Comfort was in the bath again taking that one. Uh, Peter Walker. Peter Walker's fantastic. Fair playing James Cook giving it the large one. You need a fucking large one. Um, <laughs> yeah, long awaited debut. Do you know what I couldn't find? It doesn't exist anymore. Do you remember away days? Soccer AM used to do this fucking thing called away days. And he didn't want Rovers. And he used to have your man coming in to act like Danny Doyle. Oh, uh, Matty posted that or, uh, today, I, I, I think. Did he? It's like, oh, I do love to play yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, but they actually can't, it doesn't exist anymore. The Rovers one doesn't even exist on the internet anymore. Oh, I remember there was a Rovers yeah. one, yeah. It, couldn't, it doesn't exist. It, it's been yeah. taken down, copyright or some shit, but. Yeah, so a couple of debutants there, girl. Actually, four of those five had never been on the show before. Yeah, Ross, Sean, Keith and Peter, so Keith welcome, Comerford, that was a long time coming. Remember you interviewed him on the bus once? And you, you, you forgot to press record. Didn't press the button. And he gave it socks. Didn't even press the button. <laughs> oh, Lord. He told me on the day as well. We were just like, oh, we'll have this moment forever. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Four debutantes. Very good from all of them. And Peter, his bleeding passport expired. Couldn't get the White Hart Lane gear. That happened to me last week, I was telling you, remember? We were going to go over and see Guido as a family. Going to go over and have some Italiano grub and stuff like that. And Jaden's passport was expired and I was hating on him for the week I was like fucking child fucking child not his fault in the slightest <laughs> hating on him for the whole week I also love James Cook by the way uh, he said I've got a giant <laughs> Laurel Hardy tattoo on my back no information about it just moved on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it but we did actually ask him about that in Johnny Bills before 
Yeah, he just loves it. Because them. he had got it recently. He literally when gotten he, it the week before, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think you just asked him, it's like it's like, yeah, it's it's really big. <laughs> and James just goes Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so prof we beat Waterford. Two 0 in talent on Friday and the team we had Finner Danny and Pico all coming back into the fold with Joey and Borky none of them featured with the they did knock so um, the two Danny chances forced 10 minutes was the header Danny or Greener not too sure it was guilt edge though it should have been buried great work on the right hand side and the header it was we had a perfect view because you're in the south stand and it's bang we're bang on with the penalty spot you could say nearly and uh, it was like there was so much to, to aim at, and he aimed it down. And Murphy saves those all day. Straight into Murphy, yeah. yeah. Um, the second one, it's it's a real high looping ball from Watts. It's the sort of ball where you're not going to expect a free header, but free he was. Yeah. And in and fairness, um, he got into loads of good positions. Like Danny was fucking brilliant between Danny and Watts. He for man the match for me. The two of them were absolutely brilliant. What's he just... He's been stepping up. He's just so good lately. Yeah, the other chance was uh, Danny clipped the bar. He got, he got under it. It was a lefty, Danny. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hit the bar and went up. So it was an upward effort. Could have had four goals in this game. Yeah. Um, Finner actually was involved in all these chances. Uh, there was there was one later on. I take it back. Finn was my man the match. <laughs> there was one on 40 minutes where Gaffney... Uh, Finner whips it across... And Gaffney just sort of side foots to the wrong side of the post. So Finner heavily involved in all this. Um, just back on the team. Uh, on the bench we had Lee Grace and Neil Ferrugia. So we're getting bodies back at last. Excellent, excellent stuff. And as I said, I was sitting behind the dugouts in the West End. And I was actually starstruck by Mark Bircham. <laughs> it's the first time since Paddy McCart was in Tata. I was like... This man has done time, in hard time, in a maximum state prison. Maximum security prison. <laughs> he's done hard time. He's he's been shanked. All sorts of Ireland internationals have been in and out at a stadium the last few years. I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's so and so, but but uh, Mark Bircham, I'm just like, whoa, he's over there. Is <laughs> uh, like, you gonna fucking ask me a question? <laughs> I was like, wobbly wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, another chance as well. Gaffney on 40 minutes. Gaffney scores these in his sleep, Prof. That's the one I, I just mentioned, yeah. He uh, scores these in his sleep. Great chance. Should have got that. Um, the Waterford approach, Prof, what did you think of it? Um, they kind of sat back, to be honest. They gave it a little bit of a go. They didn't really have the 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 personnel. I thought your man Mutswonguma up top. He he tried tried running at us a couple of times. Um, they don't really have the bodies, do they? They don't really have the quality. He Bersham said afterwards as he was giving out about the, the free kick decision that he said he felt their game plan was working and they could pick us off but like you said they really sat back which surprised people given the form they were in I think they had won 7 in the last 9 and they came here and just sat back uh, Graham Garland on commentary again he was he was pointing out that but this is more so the start of the second half rather than the first half but that Waterford were happy to allow us to get the ball to Gaffney's feet because they were blocking our runners. Yeah, I love when he points out the stuff that like uh, that's I w- brilliant, isn't it? I wouldn't spot this myself now. And then, like in this, in the second half, sort of leading up to our goal, Gaffney's really starting to get it wide more, and he's putting in some good balls. But Waterford apparently letting him do that. And. Uh, yeah, as for their chances, they had a couple from set pieces. There was one where Wordsworth got in the back post. 
but he couldn't control the volley. That was that was probably their best chance. So on to the second half. Sorry, I was trying to think of a cheesy joke for Wordsworth there. I just couldn't couldn't get it. Just leave. Couldn't get it out. Well, yeah. So um, second half, Prof. We saw the greener injury on fifty three minutes right in front of us. It was a wet smack, a wallop. He jumped up and absolutely headbutted this fella. I'm talking. He was starfished at one stage. I was sitting there. I was eating nachos actually. <laughs> that was my memory of it I was like these are really nice and I was like oh Greener's starfished so in the middle of eating them I just looked on Greener's arms are out his leg is wide he's starfished he was totally out at one stage totally out at one stage but um, he took it well and uh, he was taken off which Brazzer said was a, was a precaution ah you'd have to yeah um, hopefully that's all it is and yeah no I'd say he's, feet, I'd say he's fighting empty. fit and ready to go for Sligo because we know very well that they love him in Sligo yeah. Love him and Sligo. Like to throw chips at him. Yeah. So on, on comes Idemo and once again you have to love how direct he is. Oh, and run- so refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, and running at defenders with tired legs. The the last thing they want to see is him coming at them. Look at him coming on going, bollocks Like don't put him on. Like he was he has he, he's smart footballer as well and he he knows how to get play boy players. And you could see a couple of times where he tried to swing it in and tried to square it. You're like, that's the right thing to do. You're, you're, he is lapping up the professional footballer life. You can see he's loving it. It's really, really refreshing to see. Oh, it's, I'd start him every game. I really would. And but maybe uh, not this week. Straight away, their keeper saved near post from Watts after that substitution. Yeah, Watts. And then we had the free kick. So the free kick... Um, like we said, we spoke about it already. Um, he slides in and his natural position, put it this way, if he is standing up and the ball hits his hands, his hands are up by his chest. So it hit him in the midriff, didn't it? So if he's standing up, he's on, now don't forget he's sideways, he's sliding. So if he's standing up and his che- his hands are at his chest and the ball hits him there, is there a free there? Your ball hits that. It's a very grey area. So the ball hits your hands, and if it's, you might as well discuss it like that. So if it hits his hands and they're at his chest area, he's putting them up. That's not a natural. That's not a natural position for me. So if you put your hands out as if you're a starfish, that's not a natural position. What is mm-hmm. a natural position? Down by your side. But where can he put his hands when you're sliding in like that? Like well, he what's, put his what's hands he in towards his chest. So his hands were at his chest. Is that a natural position? I don't walk around with my hands on my chest, so it's not a natural position. So therefore, you could say it's actually it's, it's actually it, annoying me now how the ref signalled above his head. When I watched it back, I, I watched it back because Graham had said that. I'm like, he's actually pointing above his head. I'm yeah. like, he didn't do that. Yeah, it's a but. Uh, but listen, we benefit from it, and Danny steps up, and in the grand scheme of things, who cares? We score from it, but uh, <laughs> what a finish, Gaffney, the super little run across blindside yeah. in the keeper, and. The, just even the like I was looking at the goals and uh, of all the the, the line, or the previous highlights of games and stuff like that and it just some of the goals don't look great. I just love how goals look when they're scored in Tallah Stadium. It just looks so good. South yeah. stand looks great, East stand looks great, Main stand looks great. When the goals go in in Tallah Stadium from any team or any angle, they just look good because it's a good stadium. The fans they look great, they sound great, and yeah. this goal was a cracker. This is actually one of my favourite free kicks that I've seen score in Tallaght because it was right on the edge of the box. And how often did they just hit the wall? And we were thinking, he's no way he's going to float this over. And he did the right thing. 
And how let's let's be honest, Gaffney was really important in this. Like he he made a move to the left, forced, and that kind of yeah. had his feet stuck in the mud. Then so he had to go back across. So that split second killed him. But Gaffney running across was like the icing on the cake. Do you see Murphy losing the plot over that? No, running towards the referee. Brilliant, yeah. Persian obviously not happy about that either. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, the kids celebrating it's, as well. Prof, we had a little, we had the the youth in front of us. Mitzi was in celebrating them with them as well. <laughs> but it was very funny because. We, uh, there was maybe six or seven of them and they're all up on the barrier and they're giving it and they're all giving the fingers and all giving it full of this brilliant brilliant yeah no it's a brilliant strike they had the time of their life and just another note on Graham I've already mentioned him a couple of times there I interviewed Brasder pre-match the usual thing where I asked him about his team selection and then I hear me name shouted from somewhere in the east end at first I couldn't cop where it was coming from I never thought to look up to the gantry and sure enough, it was Colin and Graham <laughs> shouting down at me. They wanted to have a chat. They so wanted I went, stats. So I went up. I'd say Garrett Latine go, get them stats. <laughs> Just stats out. So I went up and would you believe it? I have not been in the gantry before. No way. View is great, isn't it? I don't know why I've never been up there, but I just haven't. And I didn't cop it until I stood up there. I was like, well, You got a little taste for it. You got a little taste for it. I was like, well, I've not been up here before. Did you ask them, could you go up there for the next game? By the way, their notes are just outrageous. Extensive. Oh, what do you expect, man? They're pros. The way they they're pros. coordinated and, co- and colouring systems. What? Laid it off. That's what you're paying for with Khan, though. Khan yeah. is a uh, vet. Graham as well, though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But Khan is the, the the standard, you know what I mean? And Graham's only coming into it this year with Graham as well. Like Obviously, Khan's dragging them along. But what a team. What a team. Yeah, we've, we've officially a new listener now, Gar. Go on. Shout out to Graham. Oh, he does, yeah. does not. He loves the podcast. Oh, brilliant. Great stuff. We love him as well. He's fantastic. He, uh, he is fantastic. He enjoyed the Trevor Malloy interview and uh, he's a fan of yours, Gary. He reckons you should get into commentary. I'd love to give it a go. I really would. Uh, I mean, it's on the cards. The 19s, maybe we could practice there, but I'd love to give it a go because you know me, I could talk to anyone. And funnily enough, a bit of small talk, right? My missus hates this. She hates when I because I talk to everyone. Even like, like if a fucking waitress comes over, she'd be like, you talk to the waitress. No, just random chat, random chit chat. Just talk to them about absolutely everything. Like we're in JD Steakhouse there the other night. And if you're ever in JD Steakhouse, it's really, really nice at the back. It has a little New York loft vibe. Like loads of little build up areas and then there's a church in the view and stuff like that. And I was just talking about that. I think, I reckon I might be able to get them to sponsor us now. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Usually it ends up with me going, you know, uh, you know, I could host a podcast and, it's great exposure. It's great exposure. You end up getting us. Yeah. Have you heard of Leinster Credit? You end up getting us. Because they got your back. End up getting a sponsor, Elba. But, yeah, no, it was uh, re- really good stuff. So, yeah, big shout to Graham. Lovely. Good to, yeah. good to hear. So, back on the pitch, we had uh, Tell t- hitting the edge of the hitting the post from the edge of the box. Yeah. And then we matched the Watts pass. Did you see that Watts mm. pass for Danny? Oh, yes. But you should have put it in the other corner. Yeah. We tried to go near post. But he should have put it in the other corner. It was, that such, was, only, that was a good, such a good pass. That was only five minutes after the free kick. So like we say, you could have scored four or five in yeah. the match alone. Brilliant stuff. But the um, second goal came on 80 minutes. Like Danny doesn't miss these. The second that ball got threaded through was what, wasn't it? 
the second goal. Second goal, who got the assist? He won it himself. He won it himself. Was it not a ball treaded through? Which I actually got wrong in the interview. I thought it was the through ball. So did I. So oh, I, and then it took a clip got, off. Yeah, I got that mixed up. Old man, old man Taylor. He nicked, he nicked the ball off Halford. Halford, old man Halford, yeah. A lovely side finish into the corner. He he totally shit the bed on Twitter, didn't he? Oh man! Wow, that really. We'll talk about that in a moment. He should have got that. His missus should have took the phone off. Him. <laughs> like, listen, you're getting a bit. You're going down the rabbit hole here. But yeah, Danny so. Mandrew doesn't miss from here. The second he was in that box, I just turned to her. Jaden, all that says that's it. Slid in, beautiful little slide ball underneath the keeper. Gorgeous finish, and he he loves a goal, doesn't he, Danny? He reminds me a bit of Mele in that a clinical centre mid finisher. Prof, what a show! How good would Mele be in this team? If Mele was true on goal like that, same, I've been like goal. You name a better finisher, right? Actually, best three finishers. I'll tell you who they are in my time in Talent in Talent Stadium. Mele, Twig, Danny Mandrew, best finishers, and Jack isn't included in that. In my my opinion, Mele, Twig. I'm going to put Jack in the top three for now. Melee Twig, Until, Andrew. Unless Danny keeps doing this, then... Jack is there. He's in. a good finisher, yeah. So that's Danny's... I'm going to get butchered for this match. Yeah. That's Danny's second Fuck brace. Fucking Jack. Fucking Jack. <laughs> Danny's second brace of the season. Eighth league goal of the season. Brilliant stuff. Eighth league goal. I think we've got... Who? We've got Gaffney on 11. Oh, that's assists, isn't it? Watts is 11 assists. We're flying. We're flying. Um, but we need to stop the rock. Good 2-0 win. We said we'd take anything. We said we would take any win. Didn't matter if it went in off someone's mickey. We didn't care. Biggest crowd in 18 months as well. South stand was rocking as usual. The ultras are on fire lately in the South stand. I have to say, I love the return of the drum. It is brilliant. <laughs> I absolutely adore the drum. Um, all the new songs and all. I'm looking forward to Sligo as well this week. I really am. I cannot wait. We have run a bus. We're nearly full. I'm buzzing. I really am buzzing for the, for, for Sligo. So... So Hoops are top of the league, they sang in the sales stand yeah. uh, at the end of the match. Uh, decent crowd from Waterloo, too, in fairness. They, and they made themselves heard as well. I think made, they might be 150. Nice. Yeah, give or take. Great, great stuff to see them following their team coming down. But that's what it's all about. And just a, sh- a short note, sh- a fella called Sean Kyo in work, he just happened to chat to me. He says, did you go to the game? He says, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I'm there at South Stand every week, doing my best to get up. And he said, I'm there with my mates now. We go every so often. I says really, and he had a. He was just giving me his opinion, his unbiased opinion on players. He wasn't mad about Tell. Doesn't like him. <laughs> thinks he should. Thinks he's, he expects a lot more. Uh, he thought the atmosphere was great. Thought Danny Mandrew was really good. He thought Waterford sat back. He couldn't believe how how much they sat back. He said, "Just have a pop off a team." Like he says, "You you don't come to do that." So it was really interesting to get him, and he started going to to the twenty ones games, and right. then he decided, you know what, fifteen quid. Me and the mates go for a couple of points, and let's go to the game. And that's the, the neutral fans that you we're trying to draw in. So it's really refreshing to hear him talk about it. I actually tried to get Sean to go before COVID. But he was he was a bit of a fair weather fan back then. I think he was pulled off by yeah. the rain a couple of times. And trying you know, to get him on the Tifties bus now. You know what game well, he missed? He missed Berkey's four goals against Cork. And he, missed, he missed the famous 3-2 against Dundalk. So it's good to hear now that he's he's gone regularly. So we're trying to get him on the Tifties away days as well. Once you're on the away days bus, you will be hooked. And I know you guarantee you that. So results elsewhere went went right for us. Uh, so good night all round. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah, really happy with that. Yeah, Danny chose man the match prof. I probably would have went Watts myself. Barry Carter, big shout out to Barry Carter as well. At one stage in the first half, his passing was a bit wayward. He's a really really good player, athletic, big, tall, strong. 
at one stage he gave a ball away. He has this technique, the way he kicks the ball, it's very cool. But he gave the ball away and I it was like watching Usain Bolt. He he was running with the arms up. Like <laughs> that really that hundred meter sprinter. Terminator too. Yeah, he was running like that and the hair was bobbing up and down and we were looking at him going, Look at the determination this fella has. He has slotted in to this team really, really well. And uh, I'm mean, actually changing my team as I speak here. <laughs> I'm actually changing my team. Changing my team. Yep. Maybe a little fire under him, you know, having to miss the previous game because he was back with a bang he here. Really, yeah, he was really good. So and again, yeah, another mention to uh, to Graham. Could you maybe pick some different people from man the match? Because I feel like all I've talked to this season is Danny Mandrayu yeah. and Liam Scales. That's they're the only people I talk to because Graham. He keeps picking them as man the match. Give them, give, give us a bit of a variety. Now Liam's there. gone. I feel like Rory Gaffney is my favourite player. I don't think he knows who I am, Gar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't probably just die to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> just want an interview. Just pick him. But um, um a funny, funny story about Danny actually we were uh, just as we we're about to go live for the, the post match with Danny. Um Danny must have got a bit impatient because there was kids behind the railing just to our right and uh, looking for autographs and he's just like I'll just sign a few while I'm waiting so he pops away and the cameraman's like no no no, no we're live no we're, we're actually live right now <laughs> so he had to come back and then we had to start again because that oh, messed God. it up running off with the autographs and speaking of autographs there was a great photo of Pigo signing autographs for kids you might have seen this go up on social media which has given us this great tagline You'll never meet your heroes if you only watch football on the teddy. Oh, wow. What a show. And do you know what? Pico is living the dream. He's travelling all over Africa playing football. International football. And he's becoming a better player. Like, he's assistant against Nigeria. He's... Like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> people aren't making enough of this for me. People need to make a bigger deal out of this. Now, understandably, we've missed a... Like, he could miss a game or two, but it's really good for his career. Really happy for him. And he's... Mm-hmm. Possibly, I don't think I can hit, t- say anything bad about him. He's the most accommodating player we've I've ever dealt with, most down to air player I've ever dealt with. He's he's such a good guy, and you could sit there and you could have a couple of points with him now. He's one of those type of guys. Really, really. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, I love I love the scenes of, that, of him signing the, the autographs. Uh, fortunately, one of the children called him Barry. But Bar- oh god, that's racist. Oh god. <laughs> War for Conspiracies Prof Tell us about your thoughts On this What have we got We've got um, Greg Greg Oh man Greg Did you see He actually Talked about He genuinely Put it up there He didn't fact check He's a player He plays for a team In the league He didn't even Check facts Well what he did was He he wrote up So I'm hearing that Hervey is a former Shamrock Rovers Season ticket holder 10 question marks I think I'm guilty He went, of to, my, oh, yeah, he went yeah. to school With a player 20 question marks and then everyone jumps on him and he's like I wasn't making a statement I was asking a question do your homework if you're a player you do your homework I'm guilty of it myself and another thing as well I don't like I'm hearing oh I'm hearing this I sometimes I do it myself and then I just think ah, don't say that that's like the way Donald Trump spoke yeah people say yeah don't, just don't do it but, but yeah um, this was insane like he, he was the saying, crap he was coming out with we know Harvey's balls and Kevin's all his life well, what the Wildford players are saying is that the referee said to Wordsworth, put that on Twitter. And Wordsworth is the, is the fella who 
got sent off against that loan. Remember the four-all draw? Yes. Where he supposedly kicked the ball out of play. Yeah, 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 yeah. He actually just passed it to a teammate and it was stayed in play and got a second booking for time wasting. And did he go on Twitter after that? Yeah, he did. And that, did Harvey Sim put that, it on Twitter? That one went viral, yeah. Right, look, I'm dropping the mic. <laughs> Drop the mic, Harvey. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so he, he probably did say it. Don't he, mean. Listen, Bertram said that He's like, is it me or is it are all my players lawyers? He was pretty much saying like all, yeah. all the players that heard it and me and we all lawyers or is the ref, you know? But yeah, that's the conspiracy theories it for does, this week. It's brilliant. There's no doubt the referee in, in several games in the last two weeks have been a shambles. Yeah. Um, remain well, so prop. That's that's our, our uh, synopsis of the Warburg game. I have a few stats just before Ooh, we move on. Prof has stats. Uh, well, Christ is averted, obviously. Three points ahead with two games in hand. And uh, you had said the stat last week that four, four losses in a row. Hadn't done it since 2012. Uh, we had three different managers in those games. Stephen Kenny, Stephen Glass, Brian Laws. Stephen Glass were your favourite managers. Oh, God. And... And our friend Jimmy, who went with us to uh, Bally Buffet last week. What did he call the? What did he call? What was the nickname? Liam gave him Park West Strangler. Or something. <laughs> it doesn't sound great. <laughs> he said he gets you in the headlock when he's the Nanger Strangler. The Nanger Strangler. The Nanger Strangler. Jimmy was very annoyed with Liam on the way home because he was like, he was asking, he was asking people before the game, when was the last time we lost four in a row? It's like you don't ask before it. Oh. You don't. Yeah. You jinx it. You jinx it. You really do. There you go. Even I wouldn't ask that. No. But uh, yeah, it was quite strange. We won eight in a row for the first time since. I was more concerned with Harps's form. Harps's. Is, I was yeah. more concerned with their five in a row. I was thinking what we were saying is the most informed Harps team we've possibly ever played, and I I really really sat on that. Never talked about ours. Never talked about us losing. But yeah. go on, prof. Yeah, we hadn't lost to Harps since two thousand eight. Uh, that was strange because we won eight in a row for the first time since 1987 and immediately followed that by four defeats in a row for the first time since 2012 only Shamrock Rovers that Grover. form is nuts only Shamrock Rovers wow and we're a bit late in this one but John Harper sent us in this before last week's show he said this week's Tifties show might need an immemorium for 2021 SRFC uh, team Judging by the overreaction on Facebook. <laughs> oh, as in, we're, we're, we're done? Like As in, people had written us off yeah, before this war for a game. We've had a blip already this season as well. That's what I'm interested. Mm. Can you remember, did we have these blips? We never had these blips before like in, in a row. Do you know what I mean? These, these different blips in different seasons. Do you know what I mean? So we've had a blip at the start of the season. We've had a blip now. It's gone, it's gone because we won. I'm hoping this doesn't continue. Do you know We've what had I mean? loads of two-game blips. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, here's one. I, I, I've mentioned the start a couple of times. Saturday will be our 100th league game that we've played since we lost away to St. Pat's in May 2018. So in these 99 games, only Dundalk, Bowes, Sligo and now Harps have beaten us. No other team in 100 league games, or 99 now, it's a mad stat. Do you remember we remember we couldn't be the top four? Remember that? I do. You were obsessed with that. You hated it. You fucking hated that stat. What I hated was we never challenged even. 
we'd always lose 2 nil to Dundalk and Cork and we wouldn't lay a glove on them yeah and it pissed me Love off that saying wouldn't lay yeah. a glove on them yeah in terms of Waterford uh, 11 wins in a row over them now 11 wins I like the sound of that problem yep and because Danny was suspended after that uh, Bowes game now we're only the only player who's played in all 25 league games this season is Alan Manus and Rory Gaffney ooh Rory Gaffney yeah. Saturday night um, Mandrew just excites me he has the ability to skate through defences and do something magic and that's what I like him and Watts are probably our most uh, explosive players when it comes to just creating something special I think Danny a little bit more so he can he can do it out of blue, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm gonna talk about that soon with our predictions, our results, our starting levels of predictions soon. But we're gonna move on, prof. It's our remaining callers from the Tifties hotline. Yellow. Hi, Carl. Hi, Gary. Nick Clark here. Listen, thanks very much for the invite to call the Tifties hotline. Um, let's start with tat- the subject of tattoos. And yeah, funnily enough, I do have a tattoo. And the genesis of me getting a tattoo goes back to an August day in 2018 in United Park in Drogheda, when we were booted out of the cup on that infamous day when, um, if memory serves, I think Finner gave away a penalty and we brought on Sinclair Armstrong for to make his debut. Um Actually, the only good thing about that day was the curry chips in United Park, I seem to remember, were actually quite good. Everything else was an absolute disaster. Then, of course, things only got worse in the following Friday when we lost to that shower from um, Pigsborough. We lost 1-0, I seem to remember. But anyway, back to the cup game. So at that stage, I thought to myself, you know, we're never going to win the cup again, or at least if we do, I'll be long dead by the time it happens. So I kind of said to myself, if we ever win the second cup again, I'll get a tattoo. Now, I'm extremely superstitious, which is um, a curse in many ways. So, I, but I just kind of parked that thought. Um, and then, of course, 2019 came round, and I happened to say it out loud at the Finn Harps game. And once something is said out loud, well, it kind of has to happen then, doesn't it? So we beat Finn Harps, and then we went to Galway on that great night, and um, we beat them. And I think I may have repeated it on the bus on the way home that if we win the cup, I'll get a tattoo. And then, of course, there was the uh, great semi-final in Fitzburg. And then there was the final. So, of course, I had to follow through on my promise to myself and then possibly more importantly to everybody else who had been standing around me. But again, um, so what I did was I was superstitious, so I didn't make any appointment until we actually won the cup. So I couldn't get it done for about two weeks. I went to a guy called Shane Bulger in Tala Inc. around the corner from the Abel. And I got it done. And what I got was the ball and shamrock from our crest uh, rising from a wreath of um, buttercups. So that's that's what I have. I have it on my upper right arm. Um, I have no plans to get any more. But then, who knows? Let's Let's wait and see. I have no plans at the moment anyway. In terms of other people's tattoos, I have to say, um, I thought Lee Barnwell's 18 with the asterisks is just class. I really, really think that is just just fantastic. I really do. I thought that was really funny and on point, and it's, it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. 
Um, of course, our old friend Mick McCarthy is um, once a hoop, always a hoop, which he had done to raise money for and awareness for alone. I thought that was a fantastic thing as well. And no, I don't have any real suggestions for anybody else, any of our fan base who should get a tattoo. But I must confess, I would love to um, give Alan Cawley a tattoo with a rusty nail staying. Um, that's typical Rovers in discipline under Stephen Bradley. So it is. That's what I would love to do. Um, yeah, it's time for a confession now, I guess, and to talk about the Europa League campaign. And I'm very sorry to say I didn't make it to any of the away fixtures. I was a, a bar stooler for those, I suppose. I feel very guilty about it now, but I'm sure others will have great memories and I'm looking forward to hearing them because um, memories from watching football and television just don't count. So I'm not even going to share those, to be honest with you. It's, you have to be there and I wish I was, but hopefully it won't be too long. I, again, until we're um, doing European trips and going on great long European runs. Uh, jerseys. Yeah, I think my favourite home jersey would be the classic Adidas Quinsworth, our lifestyle-sponsored kit, as sported by probably the greatest man ever to play for Shamrock Rovers, Pat Byrne. That would be my, my favourite um, home kit. Funnily enough, I do like when we wear green shorts um, at home as well. You know, and I, I'm I, I kind of like that. I don't really know why. I just think it looks good. In terms of away kits, I think my favourite away kit was the black and high visibility yellow kit from, I think, 2017, I think it was, the Pepper-sponsored one. I think that I really liked that. I thought that was good. But funnily enough, um, I never liked the all-black Woody's away kit that Umbro um, made for, the, funnily enough, it was worn in the Europa League campaign in 2011. Um, I just don't like it. I don't think it looks good. And I have to say, recent experience when we're wearing black would tend to confirm that uh, standpoint. So no, I'm not a great fan of that kit. Um, goal against Waterford, the first goal. Was it a free kick? Was it a penalty? Was it nothing? Um, it was a free kick. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter because um, because we got it and we thankfully we scored it. It was a free kick. I think, though, the only question about it was whether Gaffney was impeding the view of the goalkeeper and therefore could be deemed to be offside. But um, look, who really gives a damn? I, I, I certainly don't. But I think it's probably only fair if we could listen and we could hear Mark Burcham's view in it. So just before I hand you over to Mark Burcham, I just want to... Thank you very much for the podcast and listen, thanks a million for asking me to do it. So now over to Mark Burcham. Thanks, lads. What the fucking hell was that, ref? Are you fucking mugging me off, you cunt? Yeah, ref, open your fucking mince pies. If that's hand fucking ball, then I'll feel fucking Mitchell. Wibbly wobbly. How's it going? This is uh, Connor Foley here. Um, do I have any tattoos? Well, I only have the, do I only have the one? At the minute, just the one on my calf, the ball and the shamrock. Uh, I got that during the podcast episode with a couple of other Rovers fans. Um, I have a couple more in mind to get, but I'll, I'll give myself some time before I get them. Yeah, I suppose I've, uh, there's a good few. I think, I think most Rovers fans have a tattoo, don't they? Of a, whether a crest or whether Rovers or something. I know the veil. He's got a big back piece of like, historical moments in, in Rovers, so that look, actually looks quite good. Um, did I go to any European games? No, um, unfortunately no, I was only 11 at this time. I had no one to bring me over, but uh, 
I say we we'll be back soon, so hopefully I'll get to a couple now in the next couple of years. Uh, my favourite ever Rovers jersey. I'd say it'd have to be the pink one from a couple of seasons ago. I thought it brought out my eyes. Um, yeah, I like the, the, the pink and the purple jerseys. Um, the worst jersey, I think, we've had is probably the, the black one from a couple of seasons ago with a little bit of gold in it. Yeah, I just, that's not, it wasn't a, a very pretty jersey, was it? Can I do a Cockney accent? Um, absolutely not. I've been attempting it the weekend and it's just a, just sounds like a mixture of every other English accent, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm just going to save everyone's ears for that. How's it going, lads? Uh, David Kiernan here. Most people that know me as Mona. Um, in terms of tattoos, I've three of them. I've one on my arm, I've one on my arse, and I have one on my leg. And the story, story behind the one on my leg is about 15 times a Rover's Crest. And my sister knew this tattoo artist, so she was organising uh, a man to go to her house for what's called a tattoo party. A few people getting tattoos done. Um, so my man and dad said to me, ah, do you want to go over and get a Rover's Crest done when they're getting it done? I was like, ah, yeah, definitely. Um, but a few days before it was due to get it done, my man and dad were going away. And before he went away, my dad says, no, you're not to get that tattoo done. You're too young, all this. Um, but then my man came in a few minutes later to say, just get it done and say nothing to him when he comes home. You can't say that, it's done, it's, what's done is done. So uh, when he came home, he was moaning a bit, but I think he likes it now at this stage. Um, in terms of getting any more done, I don't really plan on it, but you never know. Um, in terms of other Ro- Rovers tattoos, um, there's two that sort of stand out. Ross Somerville's one, the green one with the corner flag is a great one. Uh, Ross does people training with Glenn Lord, and I see him most days, and it's a deadly tattoo. Uh, but the best I think is Rob Lavelle's is Gary Twig one is, is deadly it's very well done and you now a legend of the club so it's a great tattoo to have um, in terms of people getting more Rovers tattoos I think the only one I could really think of would possibly be Sean Condon. Um, anyone that stands near him at the games you know you'll hear how much he loves Chris McCann um, so I think that might be a Chris McCann tattoo coming soon for uh, Sean I think you've mentioned that he's his favourite ever Rovers player so yeah, I think McCann could be uh, getting tattooed on Sean very soon. Um, in terms of the Europa League games, we only done one and it was way hard line and it was a great trip. I think any Rovers fan you speak to always speaks uh, highly of the trip, the atmosphere, everything around it. Um, five of us went, um, me, Heffa, Mano, Jordan and Stephen Caulfield. Um, Jordan and Stephen are from Ring's End, don't really go to games anymore. But you know, met up with them, got the air coach out, and then met Mano and Hefa in the airport, and um, had a few drinks. So I don't know how we managed to have a few drinks in the airport, considering none of us were over eighteen. And um, I think we all had fake IDs and passports as well, going over to to get into nightclubs um, after the game. But we got we arrived in London, and we were still in school at the time, and we had got the cheapest hotel possible, twenty pound a head, and this hotel was like something out of the in betweeners. The in-betweeners film, it was an absolute kip. The type of hotel you have to wipe your feet going onto the street, never mind going into the hotel. Um, we were staying in a room with myself, Jordan and Stephen, and uh, there was a tree, tree in the room, and the room was literally a double bed and a sink and a chair. Communal shower, oh, I was an absolute dive. But then meeting up with everyone in um, the Covent Garden force was great, you know, the atmosphere around there was deadly and then getting the train down to the 12 pins, I think the, the pub was called. 
and uh, then back onto the train and even the walk up from the tube uh the tube up to the ground i think it's called seven sisters road if i remember correctly but fuck me it was uh, something that you'll you'll never forget as a rovers fan and then in the ground itself in the ground itself the atmosphere and going one up for the seven minutes or so i think the seven minutes will never be forgotten by any rovers fans either uh, it was an unbelievable trip um, and i think everyone will always speak very highly about it um, in terms of favourite Rovers jerseys, uh, I think one that stands out for everyone is the Whirlpool one, but the poor one, but I couldn't, uh, can't really remember that. I think it was even before my time. Um, but my favourite jersey is actually another purple one, so the one we had in 2010. We actually wore it the night we won the league in Bray. It's a elite Rovers jersey, um, and it was nice to wear it that night again when we, we won the league out there. Um, the worst one I've seen is the one just before the jersey we're currently wearing so the 2018 one like it's very hard to get a hooped jersey wrong but we tried our best with that one it was like faded hoops going into each other it was an awful jersey Um, in terms of the free kick last week now we didn't get up to the game last week so i had to watch it on the stream and i thought it was a very harsh free kick i think he slides in his arm is in a natural position i think sliding in it's from two yards can't really do anything about it so I thought it was harsh, but listen, not complaining when Danny, Danny put it in the net. Um, in terms of Gary's impression of Mark, Jesus, I don't even know. Well, you're, you're never beating Gary anyway, but I'll try one or two. It's like, are you fucking magging me off? A wibbly wobbly, but I'll leave the, I'll leave the, the best day. I'll leave the rest of Gary because he does it so well. And it's something we look forward to every week when he's reading out the results. Of his impression, I think he's mastered it down to master that at this stage. So, yeah, that's everything uh, from me, lads. Cheers for having us on. Keep on hooping. Hello, fellow hoopers. John Bourne here. Um, I have to say, I've never considered getting a tattoo, rovers or otherwise. That's far too much pain for me, anyway. Um, though I was impressed one time. I remember it was must have been around about 93, 94, 95. Uh, going to the pub before a game and seeing one of the lads had got the uh, the Black Rovers crest done on his leg. My God, that must have been sore. Jesus. No thanks. Um, of course, with this week being the 10th anniversary of Rovers playing in the Europa League group stages, it got me thinking about those three trips. Uh, absolutely amazing experience, the whole thing. Brilliant. Uh, it started off, of course, in Spurs. A lot of folk regard that as the greatest away trip of all time, but to be honest, I thought it was probably the least memorable of the, the three group away games, to be honest. Um, obviously, Spurs away had two great things about it, but pretty obvious. One, we scored first, and two, there was about 5,000 well-oiled hoops there, so the sing song was brilliant. But it, it's gas, uh, what I thought, it, it had a real up-for-the-cup feel about it. I remember going around um, London... Uh, during the day and you'd, you'd get spot the odd hoop the odd lad with a rovers uh, top on you'd be waving across the street even if you didn't know him from Adam you know but uh, let's face it it was all about that moment wasn't it you know a couple of minutes in the second half when Royster scored and put us one up and you were dreaming mad dreams at that stage but you know as soon as you calmed down you were thinking oh shit Spurs are going to get annoyed now and of course they put three away in the next ten minutes and <clears throat> that was the end of that so it was on to uh, Greece then, the following month, October, uh, to Thessalonica. Um, and I have to say, this this is my favourite uh, trip of the three because for me it had it all. It was an exotic enough destination. 
the food in the garden was brilliant. Um, it was a truly hardcore football experience. And I got to see some of the biggest rats I've ever seen outside of the, the ones in the carpet dump in Edenmore back when I was a kid. Uh, it was also a very strange time to visit Thessalonica. Um, you might remember, if you're old enough, that uh, Greece was in the middle of being fucked over by the IMF at the time. Um, the country was virtually shut down. Public services had practically ceased and you know, things like pensioners, pensioners were ending up homeless. It was, it was pretty grim over there. Um, across rowers or planes, so you know, none of that mattered really. Uh, we flew in, we went via Rome, and we picked up um, <clears throat> Rome Minister Rover himself and the friendly along the way. Uh, we arrived to the surreal side, I have to say, of a deserted Thessalonica airport. And I don't mean that there were very few passengers there, I mean the place was absolutely deserted from when we got off to the plane to when we exited the airport, we didn't see a single person. It was it was so surreal. Uh, even getting a taxi into town was, was a bizarre experience. Robbie Foy, if memory serves, had arranged for us to be picked up, but we had to walk some distance from the airport to uh, uh, a rendezvous, rendezvous pickup point, as apparently there would have been murder if our taxi drivers had been spotted picking up passengers. That's the way it was at the time. Uh, I remember the night before the game, we went out, had a ramble around the place. There was enough of rubbish piled up all over. And um, <laughs> obviously, uh, happy days for the local rats. Uh, we saw one or two uh, scarping around and yeah, they were brutes. They were big lads now, these guys. And we were just thinking, you know, if this is any way of judging how things are going to go, it's going to be a tough old night for overs. But uh, anyway, as the night wore on, we, um, we retired to a pub. And um, we had some drinks sent over to us, and, you know, guys waving, you know, and they, you know, they came over, and apparently, well, they 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 described themselves as, you know, uh, leaders of the Pauk Ultras, and uh, they boasted about how much their activities had cost the club in fines. So I think it was it was over a million euros or something, and we were going, <laughs> if our fans caused that much, uh, financial damage to the club, we we need to go out of business. Anyway, there we go. Uh, now at the game, we had to meet up at a rendezvous point so the cops could bus us in. We kept being told that, you know, if we went along, we'd, yeah, I don't know, we'd have a trout slit or something, you know, which is obviously bollocks because what I can gather a few lads who went so I had a great time. Anyway, the game itself, amazing atmosphere. The Pope fans were just brilliant. It was, Jesus, it was, it, it was just incredible. Uh, and, uh, man, I remember some drummer out on the pitch and he just had them it was like everybody was just totally focusing this guy and it, you know they'd hit they'd hit the beat with him and it was just it was great to see and uh, obviously Shep's Gorham was an obvious highlight it was Rover's best best performance in group stages and we really should have come up came away at a point but we were beaten big to one but uh then on that yeah that's right on the return trip yeah, when we were coming home via Rome, here's a here's a little story. We had a few hours to kill, so we went into town for a bit of a boozy lunch. Um, we were in a, a restaurant near Termini Station, the train station in the centre of And one of the staff was looking at us. He obviously could see that we were football fans, and we were asking we were at a game and what was the crack, you know. And uh, so Enda, obviously being a being a local, uh, could speak fluent Italian, and he, you know he he explained that you know we were Shamrock Rovers fans. So. 
over who were had been over in Greece, and the conversation quickly turned to to one of finance, and the waiter was asking what Rover's annual budget was, and he couldn't believe it was so low, and uh, it was gas. He went into the kitchen, and fetched out the rest of the staff, so he could regale them with the the, the story of Rover's achievement on, on such a low budget. Uh, as one of them said, you, you wouldn't pay a decent fullback's wages on Rover's entire annual budget, yet we'd made the group stages of a European competition. They were amazed at what Rovers had achieved. Of course, back in Ireland, no one gave a shite except ourselves. Anyway, on to Kazan in November. Bloody hell it was called. It was, it was, it was like Finn Harps Away in January, if it was a film directed by Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, it began with a long, long flight to Kazan, which is, I, I think it's a, it must be, God, near a thousand miles east of Moscow. Arrival was notable, of, as legend has it, for Big Deck disembarking in Arctic conditions, wearing just jeans and a t-shirt. Uh, I mean, even the airport staff looked stunned. They, they, they might have been frozen solid with the cold. Um, as a sartorial act of bravery, it was only matched by Dan Murray the following night when he wore a short sleeve jersey for the game itself. But uh, Kazan, was, it just looked amazing. It was, it was, it was very alien to. Uh, to our European eyes and um, one thing that I'll always remember is the snow it was like white sand it was amazing I was going to bring some home but then I thought by the time I get back to Dublin it'll just be a bucket of water anyway uh, I remember on the night we went to a, a traditional restaurant where people were smoking those big what they call shish, shisha pipes or whatever they're called Jesus. Uh, no one spoke a word of English of course uh, although they did understand the words Coca-Cola. Uh, we basically looked at the menu and randomly chose items, just pointing and, and hoping for the best. But it was all fine. We're still here. God only knows what we had to eat. Um, I remember before the game, um, we were all assembled in the hotel. And people were down in the, in the hotel jacks, putting on various layers, because we knew it was going to be about minus 15 at the game. And... Yeah, that's pretty nippy. Uh, good old Buzz, always prepared. He brought along a hip flask with brandy. Jesus, we needed that. Uh, of course, the, the hardcore Kazan heads took their tops off for the game, which doesn't prove anything other than that, that, that they're idiots. I remember, uh, before, actually, uh, just before we headed off, a bit of dozens had a great conversation in the hotel bar before heading to the game. And uh, I remember making the point that yeah, you know, this is either the start of something or the end of something, you know, in terms of rovers playing in group stage and what have you. Unfortunately, so far, it's proved to be the latter, but fingers crossed, you know. On the pitch, I mean, they were, they were open because I'm a far too good for rovers, but it was a great moment when Ken O'Man scored. And it, it meant the rovers have found the net in each of the three away group games, considering all things considered, that was it was brilliant, you know. And I'd say overall, going to those games, it's just a fantastic experience. It's it's such a pity that younger hoops didn't get to experience something similar this year. Oh, maybe next year, hey. Eh? All right, next up, what have we got here? What's your favourite Rovers jersey? Jeez, uh, anyone with proper greenaway hoops, really. Um, I suppose that the, the favourites would be a huge soft spot for a couple of 1980s lifestyle jerseys and uh, the Whirlpool home jersey in the 1990s. Uh, not too fond of the purple away one, to be honest with you. Oh, let's see now. The, the worst was probably, actually it has to be, the, the, the 2018 abomination. 
um, whoever approved that should have their eyes gouged out. Yeah, right, and let's see, we're onto the Waterford game now. Yeah, Jesus, nice to see Rovers playing so well that night, don't we? I really think we, Rovers could have won five or six that night. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, Mark Bergen was, was just deflecting after the game, really. Um, of course, it was a free kick. Uh, and a, a very well taken one, I may, I may say. Uh, as as for as for Gary's Cockney impressions, well, yeah, it wouldn't be the show's strong point. Let's face it, lads. You know, um, let's see. Let's have. Uh, you want me to have a go? Okay, right. Uh, what the fucking hell was that, ref? Are you fucking mugging me off? Open your fucking mince pies. If that's hand fucking ball, then I'm Phil Mickelson. Wibbly wobbly. Oh, there you go. That's that's me lined up for the, the Rovers voucher. Anyway, folks, onwards and upwards. Anyone going to Sligo, have a great time. So Nick Clark bringing home the bacon with that uh, with that um Impression prop, very, very oh, good. I think he's the closest contender to uh, Peter Walker there. That was a great effort it's by a Nick. throw up there, isn't it? We could have a battle. We could have a battle. We'll put the, it to a poll, maybe. We could put it, we could make them just shout random London things at each other. <laughs> and that'd be interesting. See who could win it there. Yeah, um, no. yeah so we have Barry, of course. And I have to say, considering all the stories that we hear about Connor Foley, Barry Bear. I'd imagine people are a little bit let down with his interviews sometimes, because he gets he gets so stu- like he gets real introverted during his his uh, his interviews. And if the real Barry, maybe you maybe give him six points before he he records mm-hmm. them, but you can tell he's nervous. When he was on the live show a couple of years back, he gave out to me afterwards. He said he said I brought him on too early. Didn't have enough drinking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so. But, but you can uh, tell he's nervous, like. He's a big Egypt. Yeah, no surprise that Barry loves the pink jersey. Especially the, the man bag combo <laughs> yeah. in Norway. Uh, Nick Clark hated our black jersey. The one that we wore in Whitehart Lane. Oh, That's blasphemy. Gorgeous, gorgeous jersey. That really was. Abso- Smart. Absolute blasphemy. Uh, Nick loves Barney's 18 asterisk tattoo. That's a cracker. Yeah, brilliant. But although it will be out of date soon. How could I not mention Barney? Tattoos. Oh my god, the king of the Rovers tattoos, very possibly. Yeah. Well, Barney says that. So he has an 18 asterisk now. If we win the league, obviously it goes out of date. He says he's just going to put a 99 underneath. Ah, lovely. Oh, I like that. Good stuff. But, Gary, in terms of Mooner's message, he reckons that Sean Condren is going to get a Chris McCann tattoo. Uh, I've no idea who that is. In terms of Sean Condren, I don't think we've ever met him before. In terms of... Well, in terms of Mooner's thoughts there. Now, in terms of Staff's cousin, I mean, Staff's cousin got that, but in terms of, you know, bringing it all back around, probably getting a Robert's tattoo, I think the terms of the tattoo, we really must get in terms of. What do you mean in terms of? I don't know, in terms of that, I don't. I think you want to break it down <laughs> a little bit more, but in in basic terms, in terms of. That was a great show though. Chris McCann tattoo. My God. No one will regret that. No. Um, clearly I did my homework on these people because every person asked there had a tattoo except for John Byrne at the end. I was aware he had no tattoos. But but John Byrne is John Byrne. But John Byrne went to all three of those group stage games. 
So uh, some cracking stuff from John. Very listenable man. Very, yeah. very listenable man. Yeah, so big shout out. Thanks to all the guys who gave their time for the Tifty's hotline. And Prof, we're going to talk about other results now. Dirty 2, Finn Harps 2. An absolute cracker to, to level it up from Dirty. Um, a real humdinger of a derby up north. We Last minute, you guys are by Thompson, was it? Yes, very nice finish. Very nice finish. Yeah, so draw the three, Bowes two, draw the, uh, giving Bowes a black eye there. Uh, Gary Deegan even got an assist. Um, sideways Stevie, as I call him, can't pass the ball forward. It must have hit off his arm or his leg. Must have bounced, must have shanked it. Um, Bowes not covering themselves in glory again, once again. with, uh, I mean, that that situation, there was all there was sorts of stuff getting thrown at the players and then they go up to Harps and they do something mm-hmm. similar, but... 3 2 the draw to Gareth. I thought that balls were back in title contention, according yeah, to Adam Cody. He's only 16 points off, it's not bad. It's not too far. 16 points, not far. Not far, Pops, not far. But, but they're, they're back in contention. But they exist. They exist. And they're for the few. Or they're for the many, not for the few. They, <laughs> but they exist. And they've got bees! Sligo <laughs> uh, 2, Pats nil. The hole down in the showgrounds. As I was calling it, um, mayhem in Bucco got a box. There was nuts, and do you know what I noticed about this? The big brawl is kicking off in the glass doors, quite similar to the ones at Tallaght Stadium, and you can see it all. And there's just <laughs> absolute, absolute leeches outside, just snapping everything. Yeah. People are getting digs in the mouth, and he's just snapping, snapping, paparazzi everywhere. My favorite part of this was just how confined it was, and yet there was still. Like arms, no. limbs being thrown. You couldn't swing a cat. Like everybody's just <laughs> trying to punch each other and all. It's like it must be impossible to move in there. And of course, yeah. Conan Bourne, I think, or who was it? Was it LOI Weekly? They just fobbed it off. Goes, eh, it was nothing. Would you, would you mm. stop if that was Rovers? It would be plastered over every single paper, every media outlet, everything. It was a massive brawl. That was a brawl. The whole down in the showgrounds. It was deadly. Was. Like you, you can't deny what it was, and there's no coverage. There's no <laughs> coverage at all. I bet you none of them be banned either. It's insane. I like how the RT commentators were like, "These aren't the sort of scenes that you want to see." But then it's like, "Let's have another replay of that." Yeah, yeah. Just keep it on. Um, and Sligo's first win since July third. Wow. Yet they're still comfortably in third place. Who made this point? I heard someone make this point. And I couldn't believe it. They've lost seven in a row, and they're still third. Comfortably third. Comfortably third. And they have the best defensive record in the league. 18 conceded. And they have the most clean sheets with 10. Nice one, Prof. You know we have them away, yeah? You know we're playing these away. Yeah. You're just highlighting that fact. I am, Thanks, yeah. Thanks for that, right? <laughs> Very good, yeah. That actually has I've no faith now. John <laughs> Martin is brilliant. Buy him. Just buy him. Buy him before he gets to play us. Excellent player. Lewis Banks, very good as well. These these are going to be a good team. Um, going to be a tough game on Saturday. So, yes, and then the Saturday, Prof, um, I was getting texts about this. The town lost against the other town. Um, two two towns, long for beat Dundalk. I watched Dundalk. These are muck. These are muck. Nudge are putting in another good performance. Couldn't beat nine men. They are shocking. Your man O'Driscoll's quite good in centre half for uh, Longford as well. He got a goal. He's he's good. He's on loan from Mansfield. But could be that's someone we could look at as well. But once again, we <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like the like this goes back to you talking about they've the biggest budget in the league. They're in a relegation playoff, and nothing is being made of it. Nothing. They're getting away with more. Than they've they've got fellas on two three thousand euro a week, and they're at the relegation playoff. Imagine. Imagine if it was us. T- turn the tables. 
It's it's insane. Oh, I've I've said my piece on that. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, three three red cars in total in this game. Uh, Dundalk also had the little clean boy. Little clean boy. He was a. Uh, it wasn't red. I think it was a bit of a he stomper. He was sent off. Uh, Jerry Malone said Dundalk are in dire straits. Uh, they must be he must know something we don't um, yeah but um, yeah just I will say your weekly reminder that every single podcast in the country at the start of the season predicted Dundalk top 3 the only one that didn't was us and we said outside top 4 yep and I said Derry toward you did. Which, which <laughs> won't happen. Which under a different name. <laughs> um, um, this also came from Ariel Webb. This is one of the best things I've ever read. He said, My grandson asked me the other day when we were watching Sky Sports and they showed our league table whether Sky had got it wrong and put the table upside down. I just said, We wish absolutely gooded. Love it. Um, it's hooked to my veins right now. Can we just get a reminder of Mike Tracy's uh, predictions again? That clown is yeah. back as well. He's your back, man, yeah. Your man with the five head. Bill's, Bill has brought him back and Bill says, stop focusing on the negatives. There are no positives. There's nothing but negatives. Like, what is he going to do? It's on the pitch. You have players worth thousands and probably decent enough. What the fuck is he gonna do? What is bringing my Tracy back gonna do? There's no, there's no way back. Like the players have just given up. Say three quarters really of that squad have. have probably verbally committed to other clubs next season. Yeah, Duffy, Duffy won in particular. That's the debate as well. Would you take Duffy? Would you take because of the Dundalk situation that we spoke about and taking players and giving them the big contracts from Dundalk and necessarily not playing well for us? I probably take Duffy. If we lose a player, I'd probably take Duffy. But you know what? You know what? Fuck that. I wouldn't. I'd play Idemo instead. I don't want any Dundalk player yeah. from this It's a team good debate though. But right I'd now. play Idemo instead of Duffy. 100% I'd give Idemo a chance ahead of him. Instead of signing him on big wages, give Idemo a chance. There we go. So Monday Prof. Balls 1-2-1. Harps. Tuesday Dundalk were beaten again. 2-1 to Sligo. Um, I will weed a big hand. Strikes again. Pop a dom wrists. <laughs> Pop it on wrists, cornflake fingers. <laughs> we the big hands. Oh man, he is terrible. Um, Even Bill slagged him. Like if you look at the whole Bill article, it's like ninety nine point nine percent positivity, except when he talks about the goalkeeper. It's like, yes, we have tried to sign a goalkeeper. <laughs> That's all. Even Bill can't dress this up Bill and he knows nothing about football he wanted a telephone in the dugout and Brian Gartland to take throw-ins because yeah. he's good, pass, good at basketball um, just a word in Sligo Sligo are great I love them great, great team good Gart. guys they went on such a horrendous run we, I expected no favours Prof no favours for I, them to be Pats I was half expecting it I've just like I the run was going to end sometime they lost so many games. They're totally out of contention. We don't give a damn about the results now. They're so far behind. And yet, they beat Pats, helping us open the gap. Then they beat Dundalk, keeping them in the relegation playoff. So they're getting results which we don't care about, but are also making us happy. Gotta love the bit of red. Gotta love them. Stigo are great. It's mad, isn't it? Because when you think about it, like they 
they had no right to be Pats after the form they've been in. And we have done ourselves no favours with the form we've been in. But they're doing us favours. Like, <laughs> if we don't win the Lydia prop, I swear to God. It's been... we're be- it's, it's the gods. The gods are giving it to us. Just win, they're telling us. Win, Rovers. Win a couple more games. And funnily enough, I had a good chat with Dunster. I was chatting to him about... I had to get some advice off him about buses and running buses in the way days and stuff like that. So we had a quick old chat. And he reckons if we win our next two, if we beat Slug and we beat Pats, he says we won't be caught. He reckons it'd be very, very, very tough. And I said, so you're saying if we win the next two games, we win the league. I'll put it on in, in like layman's terms like that. He says, no, but I can't catch. And then he made a good point. He said that like if we do beat these two, we have to pretty much lose a lot of games. Well, I'm not jinxing it, but it's, it's a good way of looking at it. And I know you hate predicting games and predicting things like that, but we're close to the end now. And he made a point. He says, if we win our next two, we have to lose a lot to throw it away. And Pats have to win every game. Exactly, yeah. So he did. He, the man speaks sense. The man speaks. Talking to a fella in work today who has a, one of those like very passing knowledge of football. Mm. But you'll just, you'll humour him. You'll just have like a quick chat with him. No, but he's funny because I'm not sure if he's from Kerry or Mayo. You know, uh, Tom. Yes. On our shift. Yeah. Yes. Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> So you'll just start shouting at me and he goes, Oh, Carol, no one wants to win it. No one wants to win that league. <laughs> He's fucking right. And then the doc, he goes, And the doc don't want to stay in the division. <laughs> just fella, get him on. <laughs> Jesus. Right, so move on, prof. We've UCD manager Andy Moyler, great guy. Former Rover striker and former guest in Johnny Blues. He went on a bit of a rant on the RT podcast about Colin Whelan and clubs trying to get in his ear. He says Rovers are the only club going through the correct channels. And uh, from what I'm hearing, this is the guy to sign. This is the guy to sign. From and the way, even the way he spoke, I just said it there. From what I'm hearing, I just said that <laughs> I hated saying that. People say, but that's the, you know. Well, this this would be from chatting to players who played with him and just talking about that he is intelligent. He's he can assist. He's got it all. So Colin Whelan, mm. I'm hoping that's the thing. Yeah, he's he has uh, two years left in his deal, so he won't be free anyway. <sighs> We can warm our way around that. We can warm our way around that. So, no, 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 no. Did hear what he said? There's no warming. We're going through the correct channels. Mm. Let me do a bit of warming. A little bit of warming. <laughs> uh, the Pats game in Inchcore, September 24th, will be televised on RT. And the um, the rumble that's coming out of uh, Inchcore is that we're getting zero tickets, but... So, yeah, that's probably a good thing since we're not probably not getting an, an occasion there. So, uh, at least everybody will be able to watch it. And if, if it is the case, if we don't get an allocation, of course, the four pros will show it and you'll be welcome to come down. Um, five players from the Shamrock Rovers amputee squad will represent Ireland at this year's European amputee football championships tournament held in Poland. The tournament begins in Krakow and September 12th runs till the 19th. So, nice little jolly for the boys. And wish them all the best. So, the Republic of Rovers. We'll move on to the underage results, Prof. And the Shamrock Rovers under-19s drew nil over Bowes and Tallet on Sunday. The 17s won 4-0 and Dundalk. And the women, the 17s drew 2 all at home to Bray. And the 14s are beating 3-0 by Corkett Rose. And that's not a great one now. That's Garth's boys, isn't it? That's a bit of a spanking at home. So hopefully they can recover from that and move on and get a win the week after. So the cup draws were made as well, Prof. 19s will host Derry. And that is going to be an absolute humdinger of a game because Derry are top of the table at the minute. And that is going to be a very, very competitive one. These are quarterfinal ties, by the way. Yeah. 17s were drawn at home to Shells. <coughs> Always a tough one as well. And the 15s are away to Shells. Well, the 14s have UCD at home. So all these games, very, very competitive. And the future stars. Oidemo Maku Prof picked up the under 19s player of the month award and Freddie Torley won the national 15s player of the month as well. Oidemo is the man of. I'm excited about him. 
I'm excited again. <laughs> you know what I mean? About the youth coming through and he just he's loving it and he's confident now as well. Like initially coming into the uh Tuta game or sorry, was it the Tuta game, yeah? Initially coming into that, he could have thought to himself, like I'm I might not be able to shine here, express myself the way I want because of nerves getting to him. Now he's starting to you know, a bit of swagger. He's yeah. a bit of a bit of confidence now, so that's what we can't wait to see him play again. Kevin Zeffi scored twice for Inderman debut, 17. He's got three assists as well, Prof. So, this goes back to the conversation I had with you, right? Is he better off playing in that 17's development league or playing regularly with Rovers in Europe and at a man's match, at a man's man's level, physical? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a 7-0 win against what Citadella. Two two goals and assists. He did a Panenka as well. Not, not, I'm not knocking the 17s he's league. He's not short and confident, is he? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently never was. But I will take a 17-year-old playing in a man's league any day of the week over them, like in a professional league, in their professional league, over them playing in a development league or at their own level. Well, he's hardly going to turn down the Inter Milan or 17s. True, true. I know, I know. It was lucrative, but you know what I mean. You know the point I'm trying to get at. It's a great opportunity for him, but hopefully he does well. UCD, or was it? Bluebell 2025. <laughs> I'm giving him no chance here. Now he's a great guy, and listen, I hope, wish him all the best. So a fantastic start to his life in uh, in Milan. And quizzes, prof, come on, hit me with your quizzes. I did these before. I actually did quite well. I did quite well. I didn't blow it. Well, I've just written quizzes there because I, I want, know you. Though. I That's wanted the thing. your opinion on my quizzes. I know you. That's the thing. I know I did. I love them because once again, once again, he does it. Every fucking multiple choice seems like the answer. <laughs> so you're thinking. Every one of them could be the answer. There's no, there's nothing blatant. There's nothing blatant. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, for that, prof. It's only a matter of time before I bring the Cape Verde uh, flag question back. Oh, fuck. So start studying now. If I got that now, I'd definitely be, I'd bail on it. But listen, we're moving on. And next up, prof, it's Dan Levens and predictions. I've been scribbling away here. I'm scribbling away, scribbling. Um, it's a tricky one, right? I'm gonna go Manus, obviously, and go Grace Pico Carr. I'm going for an all-out. So you've got Pico, who's been brilliant lately. You got Carr, who's been brilliant, and Grace with the football at centre back, the left foot, Royal Rolls Royce, bit of bit of class, greener on the left. Greener to shut the Forza boys up. Greener to get the snack box bounced off his head after he scores. Well, Finner leave, out. leave his head alone. It's, Finn, it's... Yeah, he needs, he needs a bit of bandage in there. But Finner out wide, right? Finner has Finner's man the match against Waterford for me. He made so many inroads and created so much play. It was absolutely brilliant. And I think him on that side with Danny and Watts is the little triangle of of gold. That's the golden triangle there. The triangle Finn, of gold. Finn, Watts and, and Danny, they have so much potential to play well there. Finn does a bit of dirty work and then you've got the two boys just slotting in. But I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and the Watts in the middle of the park. Gary O'Neill and Watts in the middle of the park. I'm going to go Danny, Gaffney and Borky. I'm going to go all out up Ooh. here, Prof. All out against this Sligo team. I think we really need to hit them hard. All guns blazing. Unfortunately, I don't think it's the right time to start Idemo. I think we could. I think he'd be really effective. Maybe sixty minutes on if we're not winning. Is this the change you made halfway through the show? No, no, Cotter. I actually forgot about Cotter. But tell, I don't think Tell works hard enough to play against this team at Sligo. Sligo are going to up their game. They're going to. You're going to have Lewis Banks right full. You're going to have Buckley in the middle. You're going to have Carly in the middle. You're going to have John Matten 
Um, this is a really, really effect. A bulger in the middle. Kenny up top. Maybe Parks or the new guy that they got, the Ugandan international. Um, Andre Roy. Or Andre Gray. Andre Roy. Which one? Andre Roy, isn't it? Mm. So this is a good Sligo team. And they always up their game. Their fans hate us. Their club hate us. They always up their game. So we need... People, we meet, we need committed players in there, and unfortunately, Tell just doesn't seem committed to me. He doesn't seem to want to do the work. Harps was a big tell for me. I just, I think I'm gonna put. It seemed like team. he had a bit of a point to prove against Waterford. I think he upped it a bit. He did, he did, but I just don't think I'm not gonna start him in this game. I just think we need Gary O'Neill in there and a little bit of magic, a little bit of creativity, and Greener will provide that bite as well, along with Finner. And I'm gonna go absolute humdinger, hold down in the showgrounds. 4-3 Rovers 4-3 4-3 Rovers 7 goal thriller 7 goal thriller Do we have we come do we come from behind or is it a ding dong oh, or madam. Uh it's going to go 1-1 4 nil up at half time It's going to go 3-3 three, three, squeak, squeaky bum time That's it 3-3 three, three, <laughs> one all one one all 2-1 two, 2-1 one, two, one, two, all 3-3 three, 4-3 three, three, winner into the showgrounds end us running down Jinx Avenue no clothes on. No, it's a, It's definitely going to be a late winner for us. And I'm going to go Danny Brace again. What's he for assists? And Gaffney with a brace. So I'm really, really looking for... I'm hoping for a big one here. So ticket situation is a bit tr- troubling. But Prof, tell me tell me what you have there. Come on, hit me. Hit me, Prof. Well, if you uh, if you read my quiz, uh, Sligo, the only team we haven't beaten this season. And I think that changes on Saturday. A 2-1 win. Uh, I'm, I agree with your team I like your team nice, I, I would it? like to start Idemo but possibly a bit too early I think Borky Borky Borky's going to be the sub we're going to Borky doesn't perform in 60 minutes 50 minutes whatever he's going to be the sub for Idemo and then you're going to have that direct bit of pace and then you'll have the likes of Watts Gary O'Neill could Danny. we see the return of Neil Ferrugia off the bench possible it's possible is this the type of game to bring him on I don't think so. I think at home against a like a UCD or you know one of those games to give him where there's not much at stake. Think about the pressure we'll put on him if we put him on at 60 minutes and it's nil all or we're one nil down. I don't think he needs that. Just coming back from a big injury like that mentally as well. I don't think if it's you look the right at the thing sort of games Brazzer has brought people back. It's ones that where we've been two three up. Yeah. So that is it for this week, Prof. What's your what's your prediction? Come on. Hit me. 2-1, uh, as I said. 2-1, Prof. So, we're really looking forward to this, Prof. The bus is leaving from the four provinces. We are uh, absolutely jam-packed. We're going to be drinking from half 11 onwards in the Provs. Me and the Prof on a Star Pram, and I'd imagine. Um, yeah, so as it stands, Prof, the ticket situation, it should be cleared up by the time you're listening to this, but we do not know at the minute. It's looking at 200 tickets for members only, so it's going to be a bit of a gold rush so uh, we'll be doing our best to look after all our ticket, our our patrons on our bus we'll, uh, we're looking forward to it Prof I'm buzzing for this Saturdays in the showgrounds it's always a good event we'll see you in the far Prof see you in Carrick on Shannon for a little stop off see you in the showgrounds so that is it for this week and keep on hooping see ya I do love flying away
on the road again. I'm on the road again. But I'm so tired of crying. But I'm out on the road again. I'm on the road again. I ain't got no woman just to call my special friend. You know the first time I traveled out in the rain and snow. In the rain and snow. You know the first time I traveled out in the rain and snow. In the rain and snow. I didn't have no pharaoh, not even no place to go. And my dear mother left me when I was quite young.